Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. They hear the word, they accept it. That word accepted in the original means continuing to accept it. It becomes sticky in their life. They obey it. And what happens? And it produces a crop 30, 60, even 100 times what was sown. What is that? That's a productive Christ follower. These people make God look good because God's word becomes active in their life and fruit is produced. Have you ever been at a point in your Christian walk where you were frustrated because you didn't feel like you were maturing? It kind of felt like you were in a rut or stuck in the same old place. Many people have experienced this. It's not unusual for this to happen. Pastor Mark will be teaching about this kind of situation today. He's going to be talking about the Christ follower who hasn't really gone beyond making a profession of faith and the danger they're in of not making it into heaven. It'll show you how you can begin to advance in your spiritual life and to live like God wants you to. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in John chapter 15 as he continues his message, Sticky Word Equals Spiritual Fruit. God made me to reach his potential. Now, I want to combine those last two freedoms, and I want you to write this down. Sticky, free to please God. If I stay in the word of God and I obey it and it begins to change my life, I'm free to please God by reaching our God-given potential. Now, we've been looking at some characteristics of a growing disciple. For you to look at your life today and say, well, am I the carnal Christian? Am I the baby Christian? Am I the unregenerate person? Or am I actually growing? Here's the first one. This is a way you can assess yourself. You know, if you don't don't look at yourself and evaluate yourself, you'll never really ever amount to anything. So number one, is this you? A disciple, by the word of God, applies, remains in, sticky in God's word. That's a definition of a disciple. If, if, if the word has become part of me and is changing me, then I am a disciple. That's one of the characteristics of a growing disciple. Let me give you an example how all of this works. Let's say you're looking to hire a new employee. And you get all these applications in from different people. And you kind of look at this one application, this person, they look really good to you. So you send it out to their references, people they used to work for. And they send the references back in, and all three of these different jobs they've had in the the past say this same thing in essence. Uh, That employee that worked for me was a nice person 
but they were totally unproductive. Now, if you're getting ready to hire, would you move that individual to the top of the pile? Hello? Absolutely not. You don't really care a nice person. You're looking for somebody that's going to do the job that you need done. It's no different in the kingdom of God. It's no different. But see, sometimes we don't think about that. Understand this. Turn with me to John 15, 8. You're going to discover today that Jesus says, if you're going to be in my kingdom, I want you to be productive. I want you to use your God-given gifts. I want you to reach your God-given potential. I'm not just interested in you being a nice person. John 15, 8. In Israel, then and now, there's lots of vineyards. So Jesus would be walking by a vineyard. And all of John 15 at the first part is about an illustration of the disciples looking at the vineyard and the grapes and the vine and the branches and and looking at all that. And Jesus is going to apply it spiritually. So that's where we're at. Just understand the application that's coming here. Look at verse 8. Jesus says this to his disciples as he's walking through the vineyard. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So here's another proof that you can look at in your own life and go, well, am I really a growing disciple? Is that, is that really happening in my life? So number two, you want to write this down. A disciple is fruitful. That's exactly what Jesus said. Now, notice in this verse, in this verse, he says, much fruit. But in John, we have different categories of fruit. Look, at, look at, right back at verse 2. You're right there. Look at 15.2. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will even be more fruitful. So in verse 2, we have three kinds of fruit, no fruit, fruit, and more fruitful. In verse 8, we have much fruit. So there's this wide range of fruit. So here's the principle you want to write down. The result of abiding in the word, obeying in the word, being sticky in the word, is spiritual fruit will show up in your life. Now, I know that if you're new, some of you are going to say, Pastor Mark, what kind of fruit are you talking about? I've seen some fruity Christians. Is that what you're talking about? No, that is not what we're talking about. Let me give you an illustration of what Jesus is not talking about. How many of you have ever eaten or smelled durian from the Asia area? How many ever smelled durian? Okay, good. Here's a picture of durian. It's called the king of the fruit. It comes from Thailand. It's edible, but it has this amazing, strong, penetrating odor. The minute you open actually before you open it, but when you open it, ah, some people call it wonderful. It tastes great, but the smell is a mix between rotten onions, turpentine, and gym socks. <laughs> how, how many like to have some right now? It smells so bad that it's outlawed on airplanes and buses. You cannot take. Linda and I would be over there in Asia, anywhere in Asia, and we'll walk in a supermarket. And you walk in with, eh, there's durian here today. 
You can tell it. It's all over the place. Now, you know, Andrew Zimmer is a, that Jewish guy who goes all around the world and eats worms and eats weird stuff and whatever. He eats durian and throws up. It's that bad. Is that what Jesus is talking about? No, that's not what Jesus is talking about. Well, what is Jesus talking about? Fruit in your life. If you're a disciple, these should be in your life. Very quickly. Number one, bold witness. In other words, if I'm a Christian and I'm growing as a disciple, I'm going to be bold in my witness for Christ. Number two, that's the one you mentioned, fruit. Most of you think automatically, if you know anything about the Bible, you go to Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long It should be evident. Well, that is true. Number three, good works. See, before you were created, Ephesians 2.10 says, God had planned good works for you. Well, before you can do good works, you've got to get saved by grace and faith alone. That's Ephesians 2.8.9. Verse 10 comes afterward. Are you doing good works? As we get ready for this amazing time of celebration, the fall festival with all the candy. By the way, we need 600,000 pieces of candy. So go to Publix, get the two for one, and come pilot for all of our places. Good job. As we do that, what are we saying to the community? That we care for you. Come have a good time. Everything we're providing that night is free. We'll have 16,000 people just at this campus. That's good works. Next, genuous giving of my heart, of my talents, of my time, of my money. And last, authentic praise. What you just did a few moments ago, Hebrews says, the fruit of my lips. See, if I'm a growing disciple, that fruit is going to be, I'm not going to be a gripey, complaining person. I'm going to be a person that loves to build others up, encourage people, and of course, loves to praise God. Those are evidences that I'm productive in my life. Now, who would you think would be the most productive disciple ever in the world? His name was Jesus. He's our role model. And I want you to see, he would say to his disciples these things, and we're going to discuss these in a moment. Everyone who is fully trained, everyone that's a disciple, that's what it means, Jesus said, will be like his teacher. So I'm going to think like Jesus, I'm going to minister like Jesus, and my character is going to be like Jesus. If you call yourself a Christian, and you're really a disciple, and you're growing, then you're going to be like your teacher. Well, who is your teacher? Not me. Your teacher is Jesus. That's the role model. Second, John, one of his disciples, later writes this. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus walked. That doesn't mean you have to put sandals on and wear a white robe. It, walk in the original language means lifestyle. What is one of our major problems in Christianity? We have all these people that call themselves Christians, and they don't look a thing like Christ. And the world goes, I'm not interested in that. So John says, no, no, no. If you claim to be a disciple of Christ, if you live in him, hey, come on then. Show some productivity. Look like it. Act like it. Speak like it. And then the bottom line is this. Like master, like disciple. If Jesus is your master, then you're going to be like him. Pastor Mark and I really become like Christ? Understand this principle. Anything God asks us to do, he equips us to do. So what's the answer? Yes. So we're going to learn how to do that. Now realize all this change that you're talking about, that I'm talking about, initially starts inward and then shows itself outward. 
So I want you to understand this principle. And actually, to understand it, you need to write it down. It says this. If I want to be a disciple, inward change will eventually be seen outwardly. There'll be fruit. It will happen. No fruit happens instantly. If you plant an orange tree today, you can't expect to go out tomorrow morning and get orange juice. As we mature, fruit matures. It takes time. Let me give you an example of inward change and why it's important to be seen outwardly. That's those characteristics. They start inwardly, but they're going to show themselves outwardly. Uh, just a few weeks ago, we were in Israel, and I, took, I take a pastor with us, so Linda and I took Pastor Eric with us this year. And Eric was going through the security line in Orlando. And as he got there, I didn't know this till afterward, he gave the passport to the individual in the security line, and the agent looked at him, looked at the passport, and said, uh, sir, step over here. This is not your passport. And Eric said, well, it is my passport. He says, look, I'm looking at this and I'm looking at you. This is not your passport. So I was getting a little serious and whatever. And Eric just kind of spent some time going to him. And he says, no, no, this picture is me. It was taken a couple years ago. This is me. Just in the last year, I lost 100 pounds, but that is me. And the guy went, okay, I guess it's you. And then here's what he said. How did you do it? <laughs> see, he could see the change. And so he not only when he finally realized it was Eric, he wanted to know how. That's exactly what God wants in our life. When you and I change, the world stands up and takes notice. Well, that's not the same person I knew and they ask us, how did that happen? Now, let me show you why that's powerful. That's what God specifically wants. Look at John 15, 8 again. And let me read it to you in the New Living Translation. It's so powerful. Jesus says, when you produce much fruit, in other words, it starts inwardly, but it's going to be seen outwardly, then you are my true disciples. Look at the last part of that verse. This brings great glory to my Father. When we begin thinking and acting and ministering like Jesus, people stand up and they take notice and they say, as he said to Eric, how did you lose the weight? To us, they say, how did you change like that? And here's what I want you to write. This is what Jesus was trying to say to us. Sticky word equals spiritual fruit, and we then make God look good. That's the whole purpose of our life, to draw people to us because they've seen the change. Remember the disciples in Acts 4, when they saw them, they said, they've been with Jesus. Well, how did they know that? Because they were ministering and had the character of Jesus. Now, go back to Mark chapter 4 quickly. We've been talking about when the word of God goes forth, people hear it. This is a parable of people that hear it. But the outcome is very different. And I want you to see how this connects. Look at Mark chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. Let's look at it. Still others, when the Bible, the seed is sown among them, they hear the word... But the worries of this life, 
the world system, the distractions, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desire for other things come in and they choke the word. Now look at the last three words. Making their life, what? Unfruitful. There's no fruit. That's exactly what Satan wants. You see, so if the word comes to us today, if you're applying the word and it comes to you, that word's going to be part of you. And it's going to eventually show as fruit. Now, if the world comes in there, all you're doing is listening to the word. It never really becomes part of you. And when it doesn't become part of you, there is no fruit either. So this is either a carnal Christian that will have nothing to show God on judgment day, or this is a person that never really became a believer. They're just a professed believer. You see, they're unfruitful. They're unproductive. You would have never hired that person ever for the job. But as Christians, we go, well, I don't need to be productive for God, but that's his deal. He saved me. Cool. No, he saved you to change you so people could say, what happened? And you say, well, God changed me. Well, tell me how to know God. So why are we so sterile in the church? Because there's no fruit. Why? Because there's no application of the word. It's not complicated. We see how we should be. Now, what does it look like if we do? And many of you are. Look at verse 20. Others like seed sown on good soil. They hear the word. They accept it. That word accept in the original means continuing to accept it. It becomes sticky in their life. They obey it. And what happens? And it produces a crop. 30, 60, even 100 times what was sown. What is that? That's a productive Christ follower. These people make God look good because God's word becomes active in their life and fruit is produced. Now, what does that look like and why does that happen? Three connections that are necessary. This would be a visual picture of John 15. If you go to a vineyard, there's neat things in a vineyard. And if you go to a vineyard, you know somebody, if the vineyard looks really good, you know the, well, the gardener is doing his job. Well, in John 15, the gardener is God. He's managing us. But notice, Jesus Christ is the vine. The, the life of that plant is the, Jesus Christ. The life of you and me is Jesus Christ. We are simply the branches we don't produce the grapes, we bear them. So all of that happens because from Jesus Christ, the nutrients go right into the branch. Why? Because there's a living connection. There's a living, vibrant connection between the vine and the Christian or the disciple. That's the branch. Now, if there's something wrong with that connection, there'll be almost no fruit, or no fruit at all. If there's something hindering that vital connection between Jesus and you and me, then eventually there'll be no fruit. But the category we, we just read, there was 30, 60, and 100-fold. Why? Because that individual is connected through Jesus and through his word. He's obeying it. He's becoming like Christ. He's living like Christ. His character looks like Christ. He's ministering. And pretty soon, there's this fruit. It's evident. 
He's bearing it. That's the picture of what you and I are supposed to be like. Now, there's three connections that are necessary. That little connection up there is crucial to us being disciples and being productive and being useful and being fruitful. Let me give you the three. Let's write them down together. Number one, a person must be connected to God through salvation. You see, if you have never really committed and repented, then you're not connected to Jesus Christ in a living, vibrant, dependent relationship. And look at me, this is the problem in the church. We have lots of people that come to an altar, Billy Graham Crusade or Harvest Crusade or whatever, and they kneel down watching the 700 Club or whatever, and they accept Jesus Christ, they repent, but they never grow, they never get in the church, nothing really ever happens, and they just think they're going to heaven because it was an event. That will never happen. There's nothing vibrant. There was never a connection. It was like a pass-through. And the church is filled with them. This church has plenty. That's you today I'm talking to. Jesus in Matthew 7, I don't have time. Read Matthew 7 toward the end, 20, 21, 22. Jesus says to these people on the end day, they said, look at all these things we do. And Jesus said this, I never knew you. I never had a vibrant relationship. There was nothing personal. You came to church, but it was a churchy deal. There was nothing personal relationship. I never had one. Then he says, depart from me. None of you want that. It's too late. So that vibrant relationship has to come from an ongoing dependence, growth on Jesus. Number two, if a branch, let me just remind you, if a branch is not connected to a vine, it cannot produce fruit. So if you don't see even baby steps, if you don't see some of these things happen, then you got to go back to the problem is you never were really saved. And today is the day to change that. To make that final commitment, say, God, I want to be in there. I want that repentance to be true. What is repentance? See, repentance is this. You're walking away from Christ. You're just doing your thing. That's what independence is. When you repent, you walk and become, that's why we call it, a follower of Christ. Now, that isn't for like two weeks, and then you go back and do your thing again. No, there's no change. There is zero change in your life. So it has to be an ongoing relationship. Number two. A person must be connected to the Word of God. You remember John? Jesus said to those who believed in him, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. So reading the Word of God is enough. If you're going to be connected to Jesus and his Word, it has to be a part of your life. You have to be connected to the Word. Not once a week. If you never open your Bible until next week, there will never be fruit. Sorry, it'll never happen. Because you're not going to be changed. The world will squeeze you 100% in the way it thinks. And that's why Paul called them carnal Christians. They were like the world, not like Christ. It's a spiritual battle. I can't make you do it. You have to want to do that. Thanks for joining Pastor Mark today on Lessons for Living. If you'd like to hear more from this study, you can find additional teachings online now at calvaryccm.com. We know that this time in our world is uncertain, but one truth remains steadfast. God is in control. During this season, we encourage you to spend time in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of your Creator. As with many churches across our nation, Pastor Mark and the Calvary Chapel Melbourne community are holding church online. 
The church isn't the building. It's the people who, despite whatever obstacles are in their way, they still worship Jesus and praise his name. We'd love for you to join us. Visit calvaryccm.com live or join us over on Facebook, YouTube, or Roku. We'll be having services on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. We look forward to worshiping with you in this way until we can be gathered together as the body once again. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we're constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying about for you? Let us know by visiting our contact page at calvaryccm.com. And would you do the same for us? Please keep Pastor Mark and our church staff in your prayers, along with our nation's leaders and those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying. If you feel led to support Lessons for Living financially during this time, we would be very grateful. You can donate online at calvaryccm.com. That's all for today. Join us again for another edition of Lessons for Living. in a hurry.